go. We are live. We are so, rolling. From this moment forward, only gold, boys. Only gold. I think yeah, no more gold. We've spent it all. Yeah, I'm going to have to sit up, though. I was telling Skin about my retirement plan, <laughs> and he immediately thought, yeah, this is pretty boring, too, because it's real-life conversation. <laughs> well, I, just, I immediately thought, yeah, no, this is something we won't talk about in the podcast, because it's too boring. Ooh, fresh prep, white denim. Intro skin intros. What? I'm excited and me too. Can't wait. Is that how you start the the show off? Yeah, I can't remember. Do we start with an intro? <laughs> we never start with an intro. I don't even know. Okay, now this is. It doesn't look much different, but now I'm actually sitting up. Yeah, we get it, skin. We get it. So the tension in the air. You could cut it with a knife. The dogs are just dying to get going in here. I've already been nagged by uh, KJ RJ's. Busily going through show notes, humming, humming with anticipation in here. Welcome back into the shed for episode 77. Ooh. 77. Is there, it's not 77 Sunset Strip, so we don't have to worry about that. We've got a lot on today, though. we got a list again. we got listener mail. I think there's a tale lurking someplace around here someplace. 77, the year Elvis died. Oh. For the down note, we have RJ on staff, particularly for the down notes. And, uh, 77, really? 87, 97, 07, 17. Is that 50 so years ago? 43 years ago. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, shout out to Elvis from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all you Elvis lovers out there. I know it's been a rough 40 years, 43 years without him. Speaking of that big long list, what do we got? What do we got? What do we want to start with? It's just, it's just an overwhelming. Let's start with this. We just saw a full dress rehearsal of uh, Lucy's show, KJ's daughter Lucy's show at the Havana, on commercial. Pretty interesting. Dissolve. Dissolve. One woman show, uh, pretty much aimed at educating younger audiences about the various forms and methods of deployment on date rape drugs and encouraging people to report and the kinds of issues that you have if you wait too long. And it was really a lot of information, but it was also a really well done show. So we got to see that just immediately before stepping in here. She plays about at least 16 different roles. Oh, switching to and from just wonderful uh, what do you call it, transitions between roles as well. Yeah. So you suddenly are aware she's a different person, either because her accent changed or cadence or style or behaviors. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't qualify it as light material, really, but pretty educational. Interesting, too, that the show will be done in front of a, what she calls a panel, but it's basically it sounds like a group of people who are involved in enforcement and in social programs dealing with victims of sexual crime, stuff like that. What I found interesting about that is they are apparently open to further education in the form of this show. Uh, So I'd love to know who arranged it and how they selected it and all that. Well, I also wonder if it's a little bit of a showcase like for community, because she said community centers and stuff, so city stuff, if they're actually looking to buy the show. Yeah. And, and put it on in their spaces. Yeah, but and that I could see 
putting it on for young adults, I can certainly see that. But the guys she's putting it on for in the show in this run are not young adults. They're people involved in organizations that deal with victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought, that's pretty interesting. They're taking on education for the organizations that actually have to handle this stuff. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, that was fun. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was good. You got Tales from the Shuttle? I wish you hadn't asked me that well, right now. Well, uh, I believe you have a moment in the Twilight Zone. Oh, thank you. Good. So I did put a note in there. That's awesome. Yeah, so in the shuttle. So there came a day when um, we had a customer who works at uh, North Vancouver Studios, a.k.a. Lionsgate Studios, I think, yeah. on the North Shore near Park and Tilford. Didn't have time to bring his car to the shop. And one of our very helpful service advisors volunteered me to drive one of the lot guys over to his place of work to pick up his car, drive it back to the shop, and then drive it back to, oh, it's got a lot of Volkswagen, silver level service. So we go there, we meet the guy in the lot, and he says, you want to look at a a, A set? set?" And I... The guy that I was with is a young guy. He washes cars all day. He's new to the organization. He's probably, he's trying to work his way up, but I'm not. I I said, yeah, let's do that. That'd be cool. Sure. So we walk in and there's big, those big warehousey type things they have there for the studios. And there's this massive thing built in there. And from the outside, it's all wires and two by fours. And it's curved. It looks like the top half of a curved submarine sort of thing. You know, I think, wow. And he takes, yeah, come this way. And we step around all these people that are at work and piles of materials. Step inside. He says, now you're in a research station in the Antarctic. And you look around, it's all done, right? There's parkas, there's lab equipment, there's all this stuff in there. And it looks super realistic. And he says, it's for Twilight Zone. And I thought, are they still making Twilight Zone? Evidently, they are. <laughs> and he said, yeah, they're down in the Antarctic, and they find, uh, and that's how he said it, just to interrupt myself, Antarctic. Okay, yeah, so as long as you're self-aware. Yeah, yeah, it's not me, it's him. And they find an octopus, it's deadly, they think it might be an alien, and he shows us the tanks, and the tanks are fish, big fish tank size on one dimension, and they're very shallow, they're only about a foot from front to back, right? Okay. He says, so we built these. All we did is we'd drop a flat screen TV in there oh. and play an image of an octopus swimming around in a tank. <laughs> That's how they did. And I, so I said, That's great. this is a ton of work. I said, this is, he said, yeah, the amount of money's just crazy. I said, how many episodes are they going to use this for? He said, well, I think this will be on for between seven and eight minutes of one episode. This whole Whoa. entire set. And there must have been like seven or eight people outside working on it still. Then yeah. I said, where do they get all this stuff? And he says, well, they rent it, a lot of it. They buy it. I said, so you're telling me there's warehouses full of just miscellaneous crap for deployment on these sets. He said, yeah, oh yeah, people have got all kinds of stuff that they'll... He says, but the amount of money, just crazy. Yeah. And I've seen sets, KJ, with you. And I've seen and I've, we've talked about the spend that they used to have on Arctic Air and uh, some of the other stuff. But it's still just stunning how much money that industry pumps into the local economy. Because yeah. that thing and you just... So we're there. We're looking at the floor. And the guy I'm with, this young, long-haired wash guy, he says, Is that Russian? Russian? 
The guy says, yeah, yeah, it's Russian plywood. He says, Baltic birch. The guy says, yeah. And I look at this wash guy and he said, how do you know that? He said, well, I bought some once to build a skateboard with. <laughs> I said, oh. And the guy that's showing us the place says, yeah, that stuff's 100 bucks a sheet. And I think a sheet is four by four because the whole floor was done with four by four pieces of this Baltic birch. And I was thinking to myself, why would you not just use just press board, just anything? Nobody's ever going to notice what the floor in this place looks like. What well, did he say Russian? It didn't come from Russia. The Baltic was or is part of Russia. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just the it's, name. Yeah. And okay. the skate guy knew it as Russian, no, it's Baltic birch. And the set guy knew it as Russian plywood. I think they talk about the Baltic nations like Latvia, Lithuania, and that. Yeah. yeah. But maybe Russia's on the east side of that. I don't know. I don't know. West, yeah. I think. But I, I really don't know. Anyways, I I just, the all thought I had was that floor is just for sure going to get minced up and thrown away after those seven or eight minutes. And there's, I don't know what the square footage in that place was. I'd venture to say it's for sure seven or 800 feet of floor in there. Oh, just for the Antarctica. Just for the Antarctic research. Because it had several chambers, right? You could see the sleeping quarters back there. And you think to yourself, there's a sleeping quarters back there, fully equipped. It's just going to be in the background. You know, it's just so as the camera pans detail, by, detail. it looks real. Just, so that was it. That was the tale. I just thought, that was fun. Whole tour took us about 10 minutes, probably. Very cool. And uh, also a brand new shuttle vehicle, I believe. Oh, that's right. So up until recently, we've been driving a 2019 Volkswagen Passat. It's a dad car, gray, uh, you know, four-cylinder engine. Not exactly spine-tingling performance, but very reliable, comfortable. So they got us a new car. I started driving a brand new car my last Friday at work. It had 14 kilometers when I sat down. Wow. 2019 Passat. White. <laughs> exactly the same car. That's just 100%. Is that just a, 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 a four-door? Yeah, it's a four-door sedan. It's not, not a seven-seater? Nope. It's oh. just, but it's roomier than a Jetta. If anybody has Jettas Whereas out there. Whereas whenever I've gone in the Toyota dealership on the North Shore, it's always been an SUV. The, really? Uh, not yeah. a van. Yeah, an SUV, but a big, big one. Like, yeah. so big enough, I think, even for two rows in the back. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Like, I wish they'd, I don't really wish they'd give it to us, but I always wanted to drive an Atlas, which is Volkswagen's biggest vehicle. Oh, yeah. It seats seven or something. Yeah, yeah. Truth is, that stupid Passat is perfect for that job because the maximum, in the whole time I've been doing, I think there's only been once or twice where I've had to leave somebody behind because I didn't have space. So do you actually carry three people in the back of that thing? Yeah, I'll get as many as four passengers yeah. fairly regularly. Yeah. All going to different places usually. Because it kind of puts people at close quarters to oh, each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've said it before, say it again. It's kind of uplifting how polite and considerate people are with each other in that car. Those forced, forced intimacy. Ready for some listener mail? Thousand percent. All right. So ready. New comment from Cap'n Bob of Saskatoon. And uh, as we mentioned past in the podcast, uh, Cap'n Bob is a completist. He's been <laughs> making right. his way through our episodes. He's now at episode 36. 
Well, I'm glad he's, he's enjoying the full richness available in every Absolutely. And I, I like to think it's not just doing his duty as a father, as a brother. I mean. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's not. All right. Much. So he comments on episode 36, Doggy, it's cold outside. Oh. Now that, was that last Christmas or maybe two Christmases ago? I don't really know. <laughs> it was quite a while. I think it was last Christmas. Last Christmas because yeah. that was when there was the big fuss about removing it from playlists. That's right. And, and among other things in that episode, we touched on free will and determinism. Although I think we covered it in more detail in a later episode. We must have touched on it there. And that's what this comment is largely about. He says, I wonder what ACDC think about Christmas. They might relate to Baby It's Cold Outside. Okay, now, do you guys? I don't know why reference? it's ACDC. No, why? I'm sure that there's a song or something that they performed. Anyway, we all missed the reference, so Cap and Bob, you can write in again, or any of our other listeners. What does ACDC have to do with relating to Baby It's Cold Outside? Anyway, he continues. It's the old infralapsarian, superlapsarian dilemma expanded: free will <laughs> and determinism. When I find a zealot, I ask them if they think an omniscient God is ever surprised. No? Well then, everything you do is expected, and that fits the determinist mode nicely. I liked Kurt Vonnegut's Church of God, the Utterly Uncaring, which Skin alluded to. Good talk, you guys. Much ground was covered. Tarpily yours, RG. Pretty sure at least that last party was meant to say tardily, but... I don't, yeah, maybe so. I'm yeah, pretty spell sure, check. But Carly or, I don't yes. ever recall making a, any reference. I'm sure I've referred to Kurt Vonnegut at some point in here, but not to the Church of God, the Uncaring. The Utterly Uncaring. Utterly Uncaring. <laughs> anyway. Although I probably did say there's something along, just not Kurt Vonnegut related. Nice comment. Yeah. And Thanks, we Rob. have a brand new one from Lee of Courtney, which we have not even read in advance. It's literally so, just in this minute, isn't it? Just came in. It's on episode 74, Lotta Dogmanova. Hi, dogs. Brian often says, fumble, daddy, when someone <laughs> drops something. He says it comes from an old TV commercial about arthritis oh. and arthritis medication. And takes place at a dinner table when the dad bloops the platter of turkey. Yeah. That may help with your investigation. That does nice. help. We Arthritis. are back to our Googling now. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. For go, Brian. the record, I liked the lot of Hitchmanova USC ads. And the day I found myself in front of 56 Spark Street, Ottawa was quite momentous for me. Standing in front of an address that I'd heard spoken aloud for years but thought on some level that it was kind of mythical. And on another subject, I believe the musical group you may have been thinking of that was famous for vocalese pre-Manhattan transfer was Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. And yes, that very much was the band that Joni Mitchell listened to incessantly before she got into the music business. Uh, Did you... Did you mention that during that episode? Well, I didn't mention it. I may not have mentioned it in the episode, but I put the artwork and whatnot on the, on the website. Well, if but, you didn't yeah. mention it and she knew that, then holy Dinah, shout out. Very good. I didn't have to look it up <laughs> yeah. because I had a husband once who was a major jazz guy and used to repeatedly <laughs> disparage Manhattan transfer as knockoffs of the earlier trio. And we didn't know that. I didn't know that. I used to just listen to Manhattan transfer, which sounded like a retro band. They sounded like purposely retro, 
but they were specifically a knockoff, really, of Lambert, Hendricks, <laughs> still, and Ross. I'm still getting over the, I had a husband once, like, you know, among the dozens of husbands I had, well, had one once that was like, yeah. All right. It's like me and my references to my many wives. And uh, she closes with, pays to have ex-husbands sometimes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well yeah. done, Lee. Well done. That's a All good one. Right. That closes off the listener mail. Oh, wait, wait. Do you have that other one from her for about, uh, I don't suppose you have it in front of you, but she gave us another one about the um, spirit medium dogs, spirit dogs. We had done a little segment where I had somebody in the car who had visited a medium and then we had a long talk about our beliefs in the afterlife or not and so on. And she sent in, e- in an email that said she's very, very skeptical about all that kind of stuff. But she remembers to this day an experience she had in elementary school, believe it was. She was on the bus headed for school and one of her schoolmates, no, she had a dream where she was on the bus headed for school and uh, one of her schoolmates, hmm? yeah, go ahead. One of her schoolmates come up to her and said, Mary Grahams won't be needing you to babysit tonight. And she, you know, the next morning sort of thought, well, yeah, no, I had no intention of, I don't babysit for Mary Grahams. I wasn't gonna. And then later that same day at school, she found out Mary Grahams had died the night before. Yeah, yeah. And that stuck with her forever. I thought, well, it's pretty creepy. Pretty mm-hmm. creepy. So that was a good one. I like that. Okay. I don't have any others in my head. I hope if, if you've written and you haven't heard yet, sorry, we will get to it. It's just right this instant. We don't have it in our heads. Mm. And there's uh, that noise was the sound of Rich updating our list of topics. What else do we have here? There's one on this list. I'm dying to know, RJ. You put it in here. It's six foot eight. Oh, yeah. It's just like. What does that even mean? Sixfoot8.com. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Highly recommend it. So there's this bridge. What's the city now? It's in the States. I believe it's in Raleigh or Durham, North Carolina, where uh, Tim from Durham lives. Uh, it's, a, it's a railroad that runs over a roadway, and you can't reposition the railroad. You're kind of stuck. And the roadway is exactly... What was it called? 10, 10 foot 8? 8 foot 10? 8 foot 11 10. foot 8. Oh, it was 11 foot 8? Okay. That's what this The railroad is. is exactly 11 foot 8 over the road. So there's a sign there that gives trucks the warning on how high it is. And yet, every couple of days a truck goes through there. And they the locals call it the, uh, the can opener. Yeah. And you'll literally see the top of the truck roll back like a can opener. And so this guy who works nearby just thought, well, this is, this is wild. So he put up some video cameras. So you just go to this site and you watch truck after truck <laughs> after truck hitting this damn bridge. That's great. And they even. That's all the website is. They is even just- found a way to, without raising the railway, they raised the little yellow bar that warns the trucks. You know, because they're not going to have the trucks run into the actual bridge. Yeah. They have a piece of steel for them to run into instead. With a nice sharp edge. They've managed to move that up another eight inches. So it's now 12 foot four, but they still call the side 11 foot eight. And they, they've modified the graphic to say plus eight inches. <laughs> uh, I will look at that. Yes, yes. Highly recommended. Very fun to watch. I will look at that. And there's a 20 minute uh, video 
that explains the whole issue and interviews civic planners and all kinds of people, which, and it's just fascinating. It just kind of. So like the, why don't they fix this question? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they, they said, first of all, it's millions of dollars. If you actually want to raise the bridge or lower the road as well. I don't know what they would do. Like just dig maybe, down. I guess they could dig down and make it a kind of a real low U, yeah. but still that's expensive. It's not just something that you send a couple guys out with a shovel. Yeah. So in BC, this province on highway one, where highway one goes underneath the Glover road overpass, I believe that's the lowest underpass in the province. And if you, next time you're driving through there, just have a little glim at the edges of that bridge, they're just all this scarring. And you look, <laughs> as you drive underneath, look at the ceiling above you. It's all where's, scarred up. Where's that? It's, uh, as you're heading east, it's just past the 200th Street exit. It's Glover Road. You go past 200th, up a hill, around a corner, down a hill, bottom of the hill is Glover Road. Oh, and they have, they there's a special pull-out place. Yeah, and yes. And even a detour so, place. I so think. as a guy, yes, if you have the wits to realize that that sign means you, they, a couple of years ago, they spent a pile of money in a pullout so you could get the hell off the road as opposed to just flooring it and hope for the best, I guess, is your other option. <laughs> well, right beside the 11 foot eight, if that's what it was, there's a big LED sign now. And it literally, they have cameras that measure the size of the trucks yeah. coming. And it pops up solid, um, oversized, please turn left and right. It triggers a red light. So the person coming there has to come to a stop. <laughs> and then once they've come to a stop, the light starts flashing and, and it turns green. Like the LED light yeah. says over heights must turn left and right. It now starts flashing and the regular traffic light turns green. So now the driver needs to be, needs to have noticed something, right? Like, and they still just head straight through and get peeled up. And it's almost always like Penske trucks, like rental trucks. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, I've, I've, I've rented this truck for the first time in 10 years. I'm driving a truck. And yeah. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. And some of the meetings they've had with various corporate representatives, right? The city council seeing the Penske guy for the fifth time in the last two years. <laughs> when are you people going to do something about that bridge? Augustine's a fortune. Now, do we have a new listener in Balfour, PJ? We do. Shout out to Sam, the eldest of my brothers, of Balfour. Hey, Sam. He's a subscriber. I'm not too sure how faithful a listener he is, but he might surprise us with uh, email because he recently became the proud owner and user of both a smartphone and an iPad. Yikes. Shout out to Sam of Balfour. Moving on up. So all you scammers out there, you have a new target. No. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. Well, yeah. So here's one for you, boys, that we could contribute to our listening community. If you had to name the top one or two things to do to avoid being scammed in the online world, what would they be? Oh, don't go to sketchy sites. That's the number one vector that starts you down that path. So anything that pops up on a porn site, on an illegal illegal software site where you're going to go download free stuff, on a where can I go to buy drugs site, uh, anything that's like quasi-legal or even legal but generally frowned upon by society, 
they kind of like the vector is there. Why? Because most people don't want to actually admit they've been to that kind of site. <laughs> so they're going to be a little bit slower to report it to, to tell friends, Hey, stay away from that site about how to, where to buy drugs, you know, because, you know, so they, I don't know why. I think that's why that you tend to get those. So anyway, <laughs> PJ, has that been your experience? Uh, yeah, yeah, it has. I, I've noticed upticks in my scamology every time I buy on Lundregs, all the time. Those ones where, yeah, yeah. Puppy but, mills, those kinds of things. Yeah. And then uh, from close. there, of course, it's then up pops a warning that says you've been infected. Call this number. It's always like meta like that, isn't it? Like, oh, your your computer is not protected, call us. And it's meta in that they're always warning you about the business that they're in. Like, in yeah. order to, pro- yeah, so anyway. My number one would probably be just phone somebody. So if you get a text or an email that says, you're going to need to contact us to update your personal information, it could look really legit, so just phone. If it's your bank that's sending you that, phone your bank. I mean, you could try to remember that your bank's never going to send you stuff like that in email. And uh, what what phone number are you going to use to call your bank there, PJ? Uh, I would go look them up look online them up. on their site. I would that's, not use the phone number that is attached to anything. Absolutely. Just yep. phone, like go use your regular contacts to get to your bank or the police or... CRA. CRA is a real popular one. Same thing when you're called as well. Same thing. You just say, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. And it's funny because all the credit card companies just cold call you. Yeah. Yeah, This is company. This is, you know, TD bank. We're calling you about something on your visa. Uh, We need to verify some information with you. And the first thing you should do is tell them, well, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. And then they give you the number to call. Well, see, the thing is that they, they always do that, which kind of yeah, I've wondered, bugs me. I've wondered quite a lot about that in the last couple of years is who's paying for call centers uh, to do cold call solicitation these days? Because I don't know about you guys, but I just, if it's not in my contacts, I'm not picking up, period. Unless I've made an appointment with a business, say my hot water heater's failed and somebody's coming to put in a new one and that I've asked them to have the guy phone me whenever he's coming between nine and four then I may pick up a call that's not in my contacts list. But if it's just another day and I get a call and it's not in my contact, I don't pick it up because well, I think nine the out of a hundred is nobody's paying because it's so cheap. Like yeah. the call up until the part where you pick up and then they have to assign one of their call yeah. center people to talk to you. But the fact that you've picked it up means you're, yeah, you're right. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Anyway, I just, I do think about uh, my oldest brother in that context because he's not, he's not a long-time online dweller. <laughs> it's time for our story time segment. Well, the first item on our story time segment is uh, Moby's truck. That's KJ's truck. Are you going to tell us the life, the history, when you bought it? These are many things that I've forgotten about or maybe was not fully aware of in the, in the first place. Well, I think that was the idea when I wrote that down on the list some years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's been oh, oh, oh. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Ooh. So how about that? Like, Well, let's start from the top. What is it? It's an international harvester. 64 International Harvester. Travel. Travel all. Travel all. 
corn binder. With the rare uh, partitioned rear glass, I believe. Utility truck. Apparently it was four years in the uh, BC Forest Service. Four years doing nothing in a farm field. And then four years, I don't know, maybe it worked the farm or something. Because I bought it when it was 14 years old. Right. And if you're listening to this on your device, on your phone, you can just look at the podcast art. We'll have a nice photo of it up so you can get this in your mind. And we'll also put photos on the website. But I got to ask you, 1978, time is such a funny thing, especially as we become old fossils. 78, this this vehicle was only 14 years old at that point. And yet it felt vintage already, did it not? Oh, did it ever. Why is that? Well, it was was in pretty rough shape. Uh, Well... The floorboards were already going inside, like even back then. But, oh yeah, so I bought it in Logan Lake. While you were working in Logan Lake? Yeah, living with you guys. Well, I don't know if you were up there that year. I think I was, yeah. I used to walk by it every day because some guy would pick me up. And so I'd walk by this thing, and I don't know, I really don't remember what I paid for it. It was either $800 or $600. (laughs) There was a little sign in the back of the window. And at the end of the summer, I had enough to buy it, and I bought it. Sounds like quite the economical bargain. Yeah, considering. <laughs> I just can't remember really clearly what you could expect to get for six to 800 bucks in the car market back Not that then. Much. I just can't remember. I paid $100 for my first car, but it was a true beater. So anyway, I bought it, and so I took it to right after that. So that was the summer break I still went for another half a year to Washington State University, so I remember bringing it down there. After that... Jeez, I forgot you were down there. That was that was just out of Spokane, right? Yeah, in Pullman, Washington. Pullman, yeah. That's interesting. You've had that truck since the year after Elvis died. There you go. 42 years nice he's had one. the truck. <laughs> nice just one. nutty Bring to think it about. Back. You've had it repainted at least once, I think twice. Twice. Engine is still original, isn't it? You've never had that rebuilt. engine rebuilt? Oh, it yeah, was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Rebuilt in 89. Transmission? Nope, nope. And it was back when we were not on the metric system. So it's got uh, miles per hour on the speedometer. Yeah. And what's the odometer reading? Oh, no idea. I, I think I've put it over five times. No way. Yeah. So half a 500, million. 500,000 miles? Miles. I think so. Uh, certainly four. That sounds wow. right. Because Chuck the truck lived that long. Wow. After we sold it, the guy, dad met the guy and it was still going after 500,000 So to be clear, what miles. was that, a 52 GMC? I think it's, I think it was a 50, 1950. Cool. Wow. So I, I had the truck at, in my first semester at Studio 58 because I remember I was on publicity and I remember that truck, I po. I plastered it with posters on the inside of all the windows for Robert Bridegroom. So it, it was a show that I, you know, I yeah. was, Robert Bridegroom. Oh, yeah. And then I, I seemed to think that I couldn't afford it after that. Like I went straight through two years because I remember it was parked under the deck at Payne Street facing out and came by one morning and somebody put a, a big boulder through the front window. Oh, really? I or don't remember that. smashed it, didn't, didn't put it through. Yeah, and that's when we discovered dog shit truck parts. We called it dog shit truck parts because they had four German shepherds that patrolled the place at night, and their feces was just everywhere, everywhere, (laughs) just everywhere. So that's down on Scott Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And they're still there. Those guys are still there. They're also on Mitchell Island. Is it all internet now? Well, it's like pick apart and and those guys, right? Well, it used to be. Like I was just talking about this with uh, Baron of Baron and Cecilia, who I saw over at my brother's Tim's place recently. He was in town. And it used to be really good. You could go to those places. They would just tell you. You know, I'd say, well, I'm looking for a 68 Volvo 140 series. Volvos are go straight down, turn left, go another three roads, and then turn right, and they're, they're all in there. And you just go in there, and if you needed a wiper motor, you'd bring the tools to remove a wiper yeah. motor. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. you bring your toolkit and go at it. And the beauty part of that was you could then figure out how on earth do you get that out of there? Because about half the time, you would break something in their lot in that car. And you're like, oh, that's how you get it out. You don't actually use a crowbar to get the dashboard off. <laughs> you reach up under there and there's three screws. That's how, the, oh, so you didn't do it to your own vehicle, right? <laughs> so now Bolt, what they mostly do now is they pull all the parts themselves and inventory mm. them and they sell them to you off a shelf in the room where the cashier right. is. Plus their catalogs on the internet. Yeah, and they charge you less than brand new, but not a whole big lot less. Yeah, you don't save near as much no. as you used to. Yeah. And you don't get that learning on how on earth do I put this thing in to my vehicle? Yeah. So it's a real pity. I valued that place for that. By the same token, if you already knew how it was, but you knew how you could get it out of there quick and dirty with the crowbar, you could do that. Just go in there and rip it out, bring it home and carefully install it in your own car. And while you're there, you might spot a few other parts. You think, oh, maybe I'll actually grab these at the same time. Did that more than once. You know, oh, geez, the shifter knob. Look at that. It's still there. You just take that. And the guy at the front would look at it like, really? You want just the shifter knob? Yeah. How much for it? 75 cents or something. And he'd charge you some ridiculous, contemptuous amount. You'd have a nice new shifter knob for your... I like that place. but Yes. Uh, and I don't know that I ever saw it, but those places are the ones that have the giant magnet that picks the car up and, and a <laughs> compactor, don't they? Yes, they don't do. Don't they have to have a compactor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Right, because Sue needs a radio for a Corolla. A clock, actually, not a radio, a clock. <laughs> Didn't we cover this ground? Yeah, the clock sits above the radio. And yeah, we did We did talk about it. I don't know if we talked about it on, on air. Oh, but, no, we uh, didn't. Uh, you're right. Yeah, so maybe pick apart the place, but she really doesn't want to do anything with it anyway. Yeah. It's pushed back in about an inch and a half right now. Oh, really? And from time to time, she takes a piece of gum and carefully pulls it back out. <laughs> the problem with that is it might be working, right? And if you pull it back out, it might stop working again. So it's all very tricky. And so... So then... Yeah. So then I went to Stratford for two years. I think I parked my truck on my brother's farm in Surrey. When I came back, I lived with Tim and Wado out near UBC. And I remember, so that's when I started to do some work on it. I remember replacing the kingpins. They were Oh, I helped you with that job. Right, taking the axle off. That was not. Yeah, that was. So listeners, you do it yourselfers out there, get a pro to do the kingpins. (laughs) That's a horrible job. I don't even know what a kingpin is. It's part of the steering assembly on the front. It's the pin that basically holds the wheel part of the steering to the steering bar part of the steering. Okay, and what are tie rod ends? Uh, same sort of thing, only smaller okay. and less integrated. Like the kingpin is called that because it holds the whole thing together, right? Jesus, I swear I do. It I, was a, that was not a good job. I took that axle on a bus. I went on a bus 
I'm not sure. I had to get get the things bored. Yeah, that's and then then you bash the pins, oh. and I, I even bought a brass hammer for that, and I still yeah. have the brass yeah, hammer. I and that's why I yeah. bought it because you bash these things in with it. So that was that was that was the beginning. So when did I get married? Eighty nine. So I must have had some money because I got I paid five grand to get that engine rebuilt. Really. Yeah. That was out in Greenwood? No, 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 no. That was right at the corner of Fraser and 25th, 24th. Alex's, they just closed uh, last year. They finally shut her down. They did a really nice job on it, though. Still runs like stink. Well, it always pulled like crazy, that thing. Yeah. So for the for the wedding, I got, the, I got it rebuilt. I don't know if we decided that we were going to ride in it for the wedding which we did <laughs> which you, yeah you did ride on it yes. yeah yeah skinny drove yeah didn't you ride in the back and yeah, wave yeah, to the yeah. followers as yeah. they have photos yeah. and fun. uh right just before we got married these guys right down here victorian hastings had a sale on and they would paint your vehicle for 149 bucks but you had to prep it and so that's what we did oh. we sanded that sucker down and <laughs> Yeah, and take it in, like you do everything. You, you cover all all yeah. the paper and whatever you need to do. You cover everything. You just drop it off. They spray paint it literally. Yeah. One hundred and forty nine bucks. So, I think maybe a year later or something, I was in a balcony, about four stories up, looking down on my truck, and you could tell that the guy literally stood at the side of the truck with his spray, <laughs> and he reached over, <laughs> and there's this light strip down the center of the, of the roof of the truck where they didn't quite get the, just didn't the get paint. Enough. But who would know, right? Who would know oh, unless you're out that's there? Funny. So that's what you would get for 149 bucks. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That truck did all, because we, as soon as we got married, we started renovating. Susan started buying kitchens and buying shit and we were storing it here and thither. And all. So it did a lot of work. And then when the kids were little, we went to Alice Lake and we came back and I, we went through a roadblock, a vehicle inspection roadblock. And so I got an inspection ticket. I had 90 days to yep. get this inspected. And I thought, okay, it's time. And this is the 90s, so I have money now because I'm sure I was doing lots of, there was lots of early film that, and I didn't realize that I could have, like for jagged rust around the wheel wells, you can duct tape that and pass inspection. Right? Oh. Like, it's just the, that you can't... Just can't be just... Nasty, yeah. rip flesh off, kind of. Anyway, there's all sorts of things you could do that I didn't realize. So, at the time, I was getting parts from Spokane. I had talked to this guy quite a bit because he was sending me all sorts of shit. With some which I still have, some brand new uh, drums up there still. Ooh, from Argentina or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a story there too. Let's For some that. reason, I trusted this guy. I don't know why I ever trusted him. But I said, I went to a place under the Canby Street Bridge, and the guy said, twelve to $15,000, 16 to 90 days. I said, oof. So I told this to my parts guy in Spokane. He said, oh, bring it down here. We can do it way cheaper down here. And I think I probably could have got it all in for eight down there. So I did, didn't I? And this guy was in his building. It wasn't him, but he recommended him. He was in the building. And I took it down there, and I didn't see it for four years. I couldn't. 
It's just stuck down uh, It there. was just stuck. I w- was busy. I didn't have the time to go up because I had to tow it out of there because I couldn't insure it to drive it out. So I had to tow it out regardless. Anyway, oh my God, what a hassle, hassle, hassle. So four years later, they never did fix it? Oh, he did all the metal. He So he did the rear quarter panels, like new metal. The floors, he did a whole bunch of metal. Anyway, finally I got it. Finally I got it. Like when I got it, I don't even think the windows were in. It was he just kind of left it out there. So me and Lucy went down with a guy from Grand Forks and a flat deck, and we pulled it up, and we went. We got to the border, and I by this time I had paid this guy about three grand for all this stuff, and it was on my visa, I think. Yes, it was, and I thought, oh, I better declare this. Just so that, so because there's actually a record of it, and I said, uh, yeah, three thousand dollars, and the guy just looked at the truck and he said, "You paid three thousand dollars." <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know what kind of duty I had to pay. Anyway, so I took it. Randy in Greenwood, Bobby from Christina recommended him, I think, and I went there, and he had this beautiful 47 International that where he extended the front fenders, like widened them, like sort of, oh, my God, it was a beautiful truck, yellow. So I said, finish this, please, for me. So he did. Okay, so we've, we've, uh, we've got the, we're up to what year now? About 2000, are we? I'm just trying to think what other big things happened. Well, me and Drone took it to Texas in 2012. That's a pretty big trip. Yeah. For such an old beast. And it it did very well. Yeah, that was a trip. That was 106 in Redding, California in May. Redding's brutal. Well, the, that's where it started, and it did not stop for that whole trip. It was so hot. And it started doing this uh, airlock wheeze. And I thought, oh, what's that, what's that, what's that? Because it, the fuel system is so rinky-dinky. And I took it into a place, and the guy tuned up and did this and that. Nothing. This was on, yeah, on the way, to, we're heading to Texas, and we get to Peggy's Diner, which is halfway between Vegas and the Grand Canyon, I think. It's a sort of a famous diner. Okay. We stop, I get into it. Route 66, probably. Yep. And some nasty, nasty noise coming out of the rear end. Nasty, grindy, something dumping. And I'm not, I thought, what is that? So it was like five o'clock at night. We went into a, a, a tire place and the guy put it up and he says, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the hubs in the back are really hot. I called BCAA. Very nice. <laughs> Somebody wow. showed up. Wow. And it works anywhere in North America. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Because mm-hmm. they got the whole AAA, I guess, yeah, affiliation. Yeah. yeah. We're going to hear from Lee about this, too, because, oh, jeez. So, tow it to this guy, the tow truck guy, and he's a has a shop. So, I said, fix this. I don't know what it is. And I think what it turned out to be was that it was the U-joint but something had maybe released, like there would have been a cradle or something to hold it to the either the frame or oh, something, yeah. and something. So then we rented a rental car to go to Texas for our visit there, which was a week, and then went back to Lake House to see to pick up the truck. And the guy kept phoning me. He says, "I'm looking for a, a three a wheel puller." 
and I can't find one. And I'm thinking, well, find one. So I think they had to fly one in from someplace. Like, anyway, he fixed whatever it was. Then we went to Sedona. Then it started coughing. Got a little bit of a tune-up. I said, drone, okay, let's just go to Vegas. Let's just try to make it to Vegas. Sure enough, we hit this strip in Vegas, and it starts to wheeze again. And, and it means it's going to clunk. It's just going to turn off, right? Because So we pull off. We let it cool down a bit. Sure enough, it started for about half an hour. Drove to our hotel, parked it. Had two crazy days in Vegas. <laughs> and then we did the same thing. Okay, drone, if it starts, we go. And sure enough, it started. And we got to the mountains over the hills over Los Angeles. And as soon as we started going down, the whole truck was brand new. <laughs> it was because it was too hot. It was just too hot oh. for that truck. And uh, we spent a night in L.A., and then we drove up the coast, and it was the greatest drive. Like, the truck just loved it <laughs> because it was the right temperature, cool, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was that adventure. And then shortly after that, I took it to Jute because I wanted to keep doing stuff like get the the fur around the windows, you know, that mm. stuff. And the doors didn't close properly. I, that's really all I wanted. Jute did just about everything else except that because the doors were just too... It was just too much. However, it spent a winter in Calgary, which did not treat the body very well. It started to bubble and rust and like all the stuff came up that had never, because of the extended cold. Anyway, and that's that's where it sits now. And it's parked just a block from here? Yep. I don't, I don't drive it very often. But you're still running it though. Oh, yes. Oh, she goes real good. Except I got to kind of bungee my door closed so I don't fall out. And well, what's a road trip cost you? Oh, oh, oh. I get um, I get four, four miles to the liter. Four miles to the liter. Okay. So that's like seven kilometers the liter. So I have... Right? <laughs> And so that's, should, it, that's on the order of 13 or 14 liters per 100. Yeah, that's actually not bad. It's not great, but it's not no, bad. No, it's not bad at all. Seven goes into 100 about 14 Ooh, times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's probably around 14 liters per 100 kilometers, something like that, which is like my old Camry was around 11. Yeah, that Passat I drive at work is around 11. My and new, that's a four-cylinder engine. So my new Camry just, is like 5.5. Well, it ain't cheap compared to anything else you drive. Yeah, and it's a pretty annoying view of the world to think in, in terms of just dollars. But your your cost per mile in that baby has probably been fairly high, right? I'm sure. But on the other hand, it's just a beautiful truck. That's that's a toughie to figure, eh? Because like 500,000 miles and, you know, 42 years. Right. Uh, well, 500,000 miles, you're looking at probably two and a half cars. Yeah. Because they you throw them away after two hundred thousand kilometers. People yeah. don't drive cars more than more than two hundred thousand kilometers typically. Yeah, that's true. Maybe two fifty. So that's like three brand new cars. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yeah. yeah so I I think what we're concluding is his cost per kilometer or miles is actually pretty not reasonable. that bad. Yeah. yeah. Like RJ says, if you've had two and a half brand new cars worth. Uh, you're probably doing okay in costs. 
But it's the whole uh, ego part of that truck is that it's just fun to drive because people smile and wave. And- well, sure is useful for, you know, you mentioned building materials, all the stuff you're doing at Sophia, excuse me, Sophia and various other projects. That thing, that's a hauler. It'll hold a lot of stuff. Even in Gibson's. Drywall yeah. corners. Yeah. Stolen. No, a lot of stuff there. So okay, okay. Well, so that's a that's a truck story. There's still a few miles left in that baby. I didn't have the early chronology straight at all. And as covered earlier, you had the uh, bumper replaced as well recently. Somebody bent it. Some goddamn yellow cab. Yeah, just yellow cabs. Thumbs down. That's all we have for this week. Hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. I don't know whether or not this high level of organization is serving us the way we want it to serve us, but I feel like it is. You guys, anything? You like going from the list or you like just seeing what falls out? I like going off list. <laughs> you, so what falls out, KJ? It was rather efficient today, wasn't it? Yes, but is efficient good or bad in your view? Well, pretty good. 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 I like it. I hope that's serving everybody. Whether it is or whether it isn't, come back anyways, because we may do it completely differently next time. And until you do come back and hear from you again, take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.